Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Mustard Seed Leadership Podcast, week four of a series that we're doing called Kingdom Leadership Tests. And I have to say, of all the series that we've done, this is the one that I've pondered the most, because I think each of these tests that, that David went through as he was being prepared from a shepherd boy to king of all Israel, I can identify with each one of these tests, and the more I've spoken to other leaders, they recognize them in their lives as well. And so we've looked at a couple of tests. This comes out of one of Dudley Daniel's books, once again, free to download. I want to encourage you to take hold of that offer. You can get uh, the book called Building on an Apostolic Culture. It comes from the NCMR website. You can download it free or from their app. And this is section two, From Bethlehem to the Temple. Dudley takes uh, Dudley's, uh, David's life and looks at each stage of God's development process in his life. We looked at Bethlehem, we looked at in the cave of Adullam. Last week we looked at Hebron as the place of first victory. Can you be faithful in initial victory so that God can give you greater victories? Today's one is a big one. Can you be faithful in team? And uh, anyway, let me just take you to it. Here's a quote from Dudley. Uh, Hebron, which is where he's at at the moment, where he was made king of Judah. Hebron means alliance. According to the New Oxford Dictionary, an alliance is a state of being allied or combined and united. When you form an alliance with people, you are saying, we will come alongside you. We will do it together. We will fight together and we will have a common purpose. Now you're saying, well, what's the test there? Here's the big test. Initially, leaders can have success and faithfulness in their lives, oftentimes because they're doing everything themselves. And if you're a leader, chances are you've got competencies, you've got gifts, you've got abilities, and you could work in a, in, and achieve a certain level of success just doing things yourselves. But if you want to step into all that God has for you, it's going to involve team. It's going to involve working in teams, with teams. And so the faithfulness test right here is it's one thing doing it individually, but can you now be a team player, work in a team and lead a team and bring out the success of the team? One of the greatest leadership tests every leader will go through is simply this, are you a team player? That means, number one, can you work in a team with people who are different to you? Do you forgive quickly or hold grudges? Do you celebrate differences or try to conform everyone to your preference? In other words, can you bring out the best in a team? Can you celebrate different people, different personality types? Or are you restrictive? No, I only want people just like me and I want to treat everyone exactly the same. And then the second part of that is, can you openly handedly lead a team of diverse people, of leaders? Or are you closed handedly trying to lead a team of servants? Here's the big idea. You cannot have growth and control. You've got to choose one or the other. And many leaders can be successful by themselves while they are in control. Everyone must do everything the way I tell them to. And initially, that can bring success, even quick success, because everyone is just doing what you tell them to. However, that's not going to produce long-term growth and, uh, and leaders around you. You'll have a team of servants, but you'll never have a team of leaders unless you open-handedly can celebrate differences, unless you can stop controlling and begin to empower. In fact, in some ways, that's really the big difference between uh, some so-called small churches and larger churches. Larger churches are generally led by people who are more open-handed than those who are just controlling. Because big capacity leaders and people, they want to use their gifts. They don't want to be micromanaged. They want the freedom to excel. And that's not going to happen when the leader is closed-fisted and controlling. 
So big idea, you can't be a control freak and lead a team well. So Psalm 133, well-known psalm. I'm just going to read verse 1 and the second half of verse 3. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life forevermore. Now, I love that. God's very clear. I'm going to command my blessing upon unity. And yet, when we look at God's people, we see incredible diversity. Think about that for a moment. God's saying, I'm going to bless unity. But if we look at the makeup the tribes of God's people, we see incredible diversity. Dudley said it uh, like this, at Hebron, the 12 tribes came together in an alliance. The same tribes that are mentioned in Genesis 49 are the tribes we find in 1 Chronicles 12, 23 to 37. They all came and joined themselves with David. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit put the names of the tribes in here. We need in our churches and as individuals to have different kinds of people around us who are in alliance with us. And now David faces a new leadership test. He's been successful individually, even with his little bunch of 400, he's learned to lead them well. But now the 12 tribes come together to make him king and the leadership test is, can he faithfully lead such a diverse bunch? Now the Holy Spirit puts the names in and I'm going to list them for you very quickly. I want you to see the difference. Remember, God wants unity. He blesses unity, but look at the diversity of his people. First one is Judah. Judah means praise. Every one of us needs praises around us. We need positive people who praise God no matter what is happening. Great to have praises. Judah's on our team. The second group is the tribe of Simeon. And that means hearing or to hear. This relates to our perception. These are the quieter people. Those who can pick up, discern things. But if you don't make space for them, they can be trampled over by the Judas who are just talking loudly and making a big celebration. Thirdly, the group is the tribe called Levi. And this means joined or partner. Remember, they were the, the, uh, the tribe of priests. In other words, Levi represents those who are priests with us and committed to join with us in the fight, whatever the circumstance might be. Those faithful members of the team that are just maybe not so loud, but they're always there. They've got your back. Fourthly, there's the tribe of Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. This relates to power and authority. People who carry government wealth. Not everyone does on the team. So can you lead people of strong authority plus those who might be quieter, who need more encouragement? Joseph had two sons who are named among the tribes of Israel that came to join with David, Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph means, may he add. In other words, someone who's prolific. Prolific means one who produces a large number. They're the results people, getting things done, just like Joseph did in Egypt. Here his two sons. Manasseh means causing forgetfulness. In other words, not dwelling on the past. People who are able to forget the past. Let's focus on the future. Ephraim means fruitful. We need people who are producers, people who see things happen by the power and authority of God. Next is the tribe of Issachar, which means bearing highly or available. They were participators. They got involved. They're the volunteers putting up my hand. Let's make it happen. Zebulun means dwelling or living there. In other words, they're people who possess. God's intent is not simply that we dwell in the land, is that we simply, not just simply dwell, but actually take hold of all that God has promised us. Naphtali means wrestling. In other words, they are a people of prayer. Dan means just or justice. These are people who are prepared to fight for what's right, not just in the place of prayer, but who live it out. Asher means happy. In other words, pleased. You cannot be happy if you're not pleased or content. Reuben came to join with David. Reuben simply means behold a son. Not just uh, fruitful, but actually it's like prophetic. Behold a son. They can see the future and prepare for it. And Gad means good fortune. We need those who are fortunate, those who are successful, those who are prosperous. What's the point? Point is, God said, I will command a blessing on unity 
And yet he gives 12 tribes who are so different in makeup. In other words, there's diversity, but a great team leader can lead them into unity. Here's the challenge. God didn't want all the tribes to be the same. He wanted diversity and unity at the same time. The leadership's test is to see if you will be faithful, not just as a team member, but as a team leader. So here's some questions to ponder. Number one, would you consider yourself a cold control freak who likes everything done just the way you like it done? So just be honest, honest with yourself right now. Are you that control freak? Because if you are, be honest, repent, because God has more for you, but you're not going to walk into it until you open your hand. Question two, would your team members consider you a control freak? And are you prepared to ask them? Maybe that's the better question. And then number three, how well do you operate in a team? Are you contributing? Do you hold grudges? Do you make space for others to shine? I hope you see the profoundness of this test. Alliance, place of Hebron, can you now work in a team? Because it's going to take a bigger team to take you into a bigger inheritance. I hope that helps. We've got another test coming up next week. So until then, may the Lord bless you. And we'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember, if you'd like the notes that come along with this episode or any one of our past episodes, you can visit outlookchurch.co.za forward slash mustard seed leadership, where you can see all our past episodes, all the resources and notes that go along with this. Until next time, keep growing.